Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. God's doing a great thing all over the world. The title of my message today is called, If I Were the Devil. It's quite a title, don't you think? If I Were the Devil. Now, just for those taking notes, I'm not, okay? I'm a child of God. I, I love Jesus. I profess Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior, right? So now, you know, in life and in the faith life, it's a problem if we're over-obsessed with the devil, thinking and believing that he is responsible for everything. And that is why some have said, you know, uh, as they just came up with an excuse for perhaps a, a sin that they committed, they've said, the devil made me do it. But as I've already said today, the devil cannot do anything in or through our lives without our consent. Uh, You think about it. I was actually talking to a, a couple just before service today, and we were talking about that. And I said, well, just consider this. Can God make you do anything that you don't want to do? And of course, the answer is no. Why is that? Because he gave us free will. James chapter 1 verse 14 says, But each one is tempted by their own evil desires and lured away. However, it can be a problem for us if we also forget that the devil exists. So two things are happening here. It's a, again, it's a problem to over-obsess and think that he's responsible you know, for everything. And it's also a problem if we forget that, like Paul said, he prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. You know, the Apostle Paul himself cautions us to not be unaware of the devil's ways. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, we read, Lest Satan, this is what he said, Lest Satan should get an advantage on us. For we are not ignorant or unaware of his devices. The word ignorant means lacking knowledge and awareness. And once again, it's my prayer that by the time you walk out of those doors today, you're going to walk out with a whole new level of awakening. You know, in professional sports, be it team, team sports, track and field, or in the the fighting arena, there are specific coaches whose primary role is to focus on the opposition's strengths and weaknesses. Why? Why is that? In order to help their own team win. And today, I want you to win. Furthermore, God wants you to win. He wants us to win against the devil and his schemes and his devices. You know, by definition, a device is a plan, a method, and a trick with a specific aim. And again, my specific aim today is to bring a fresh awakening and awareness in your spirit, just in case some have fallen asleep. Let's turn now to Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to read from verses 9 to 11. And this is just a little bit of background, a little bit of history regarding the devil and his angels. You can follow on the screen. And this is a a vision that the Apostle John had. And it says, So the great dragon was cast out of heaven, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. 
And then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, I love this, this gets really powerful for me. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even unto death. Man or oh man, there's a sermon right there in that last part. It says, and they overcame. You want to overcome? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the sacrifice that Jesus made and paid on the cross of uh, Calvary over 2,000 years ago. And, uh, and by the word of our testimony. You see, it's not about just a belief. It's also about a confession. Right? It's not just about a belief, it's about a confession. 1 John 1 9 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus died for our sins, you will be saved. Then, it, then of course, it says, and they did not love their lives, even unto death. Isn't that a progressive challenge? Not loving your life, taking up your cross, denying yourself, following hard after Jesus. And so, Again, the title of my message today is, If I Were the Devil. If I were the devil, and based on this account in Revelation 12, if I were the devil and I had been living in the presence of God, because as the devil, uh, you know, I, would have, I was the chief musician in heaven. You see, I led the choir. I lived where God lived. I lived in His presence always. And so if I was in His presence, there would be certain things that I would know about God. Would that not be true? To be with Him would be to know Him and to know His Word. And one thing I would know, if I were the devil, one thing I would know about God's Word is this, that God's Word always comes to pass. And when it comes to the Word of God itself, we can be rest assured in an ever-changing and fluent and vacillating world that the Word of God remains true forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but they who do the will of the Lord will abide forever. And remember, if you want to know the will of God, you've got to know the Word of God. If I were the devil, I would also know my ultimate and eternal destination, which was hell. And I would do everything within my power and by any means required to take as many people to that place with me. I would use every trick. It would not matter. I would not have, uh, I would throw the playbook out and I would just be the dirtiest street fighter there was. I would use any means possible. Revelation chapter 20 verse 10 says, The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented there day and night forever. If I were the devil, I would constantly remind you of your past, hoping that you will not remind me of my future. If I were the devil... I would also know God's plans and purpose and destiny for your life. I would know exactly what God had in store for you. And I would want to cut off every divine engagement, every divine connection off of your life as much as I could. 
Because I know, you see, if I were the devil, I would know that according to John chapter 15, verse 16, the words of Jesus, I would know that Jesus has appointed you to go. He's appointed you and He's anointed you to go and to bear fruit and fruit that will remain. You see, I would know that about you. And so when the Lord would begin to stir you up to sow as the Word of God is preached and sowed and those seeds of faith are sowed in your heart, I would do everything I could to send as many birds from the air as possible to snatch that seed from the good soil of your heart before it begins to take root and grow and produce fruit, more fruit and multiplied fruit. I would also know that a part of the anointing upon every one of your lives, if you come here to today and you're wondering what is a part of God's call for your life, I would also know something potentially that you don't know about yourself. And that is, again, the words of Jesus. He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy or sickness and cast out demons. You see, I would know that about you. And so I would do all that I could to put fear on you so that you don't go out with Paul Leonotta on a Saturday morning, on the first Saturday of the month, street evangelizing. And why don't you come out right now, Paul? Let's give Paul Leonotta a great big hand. I, uh, I called Paul before uh, he went out yesterday. I always like to give him a call saying, hey, how you doing? Who's going out today? And uh, we had a good little team that went out yesterday. And so Paul's just going to give us uh, like a one-minute account of what happened yesterday. Good morning, Gateway Life Church family. So <laughs> excited to be here. Um, yeah, we had a, uh, I got a great little team. I'm proud of the team. And we went out yesterday. And I did ask him to approach two people yesterday. And... Um, I know my son Josiah, he said, oh, Daddy, like you said in your testimony, one day I will, but not today. I said, that's fine, no problem. <laughs> I'm so proud you're here. And uh, Adrian was great because he was um, scanning around to see who we, who we could uh, witness to. And, um, and uh, also Rachel actually stepped out. So, <laughs> And she uh, was great because she is one of the women on the team, which I'd love to have, and she can approach all the younger ladies, you know, don't want an older man approaching them. So, and she did a great job. She stepped out and she said the more she did it, the more confidence she got in doing it. Because it is quite scary to stop people in the street, but you know God is with us and he loves it when we go out and share the love of God with people. There was many people, you know, that didn't know God or never went to church. And, uh, and we handed out so many more cards this time. Even though it was cold and freezing and we had to wear masks, it was pretty uncomfortable, but God was with us. Yeah, so, yeah, thank you. That is so cool. I'm just so proud that you went out. Like, for me, oh, look, just the fact that you went is just powerful. So let's give him and the team a great big thank hand. Thank you. I love that. If I were the devil, I would see committed, God-loving, God-serving, God-worshipping followers of Jesus Christ as my biggest threat and my worst enemy. If I were the devil, I would do everything and anything in my power to make you at least a lukewarm Christian. I'd be happy for you to go to church. Just don't commit and just don't contribute. If I were the devil, I wouldn't care, but just don't get committed and just don't begin to get attached to the vine the divine 
vine, Jesus Christ. I also would not even care if you brought your Bible. I don't care if you've got a Bible, if I were the devil. I wouldn't care if you got one. I don't even care if you bring it to church, the Bible. I'd, st- I'd be okay with you reading it. Just don't believe it. Certainly do not do what it says. If I were the devil, I would whisper lies, suspicions, doubts, just as I whispered to Eve. I would do all of this hoping to snare something of your ego, something of your pride, so that you might kindly give me a foothold, a special place in your heart. If I were the devil, that's what I would want from you. If I were the devil, I would want you to mess up somehow when it came to the the Big Ten. You might say, what are the Big Ten? I'm talking about the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are found, just in case you don't know where they are, and again, in case you don't know, the Ten Commandments still exist today. Jesus said, I haven't come to abolish the Ten Commandments, but to to live by them, to fulfill them. You'll find the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, verses 2 to 17, and Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 6 to 21. If I were the devil, I would also want you to carry out one of the detestable seven right? So I want you to mess up somehow with the Big Ten and uh, at least carry out one of the detestable seven. The detestable seven are found in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16, sorry, yeah, verses 16 to 19. And uh, this is also gateway word of the week. There are six things that the Lord hates. He is your Lord, amen? Yeah, he's your king, right? He's your king. So here are six things that the Lord hates, and here are seven things that are detestable to Him. You know, you know God is saying that uh, these are not things that I dislike. <laughs> I'm not talking about things that I'm not all that fond of. I'm talking about things that I actually hate. Um, and so, you know, because God hates these things, if I were the devil, I would love you to do these things. Verse 17. Here are the, uh, the six things He hates and the seven detestable things. Number one, haughty eyes. Now, what are haughty eyes? Well, I can't, I'm trying to, I probably shouldn't really give you a demonstration of what that looks like because he says don't do that. But, but uh, let me just say, you know, haughty eyes, you know, what are they? You know, particularly when you're wearing a mask, you know, the eyes can be, you know, who knows? Um, so I just want to say to, you know, for all of those, to all the men who wear makeup, right? Just don't do makeup to the point where you've got haughty eyes, all right? That's a particularly word for Paul, Ian Otter, all right? So, <laughs> what made that funnier for me personally is that he's like, what? Like, what, what do you mean I don't wear makeup? Um, so, hey, just FYI, this is not a thing against makeup. I don't, you know, do what you like. You know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> so it's not a thing about makeup. Anyway, moving right along. Um, so he hates haughty eyes, you know, maybe lustful eyes, I don't know, cranky eyes, proud eyes, I don't know, whatever. Um, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil. Hey, get this, a false witness who pours out lies. And what about this last one? And a person who stirs up conflict in the community translated gossip. Wow, wow, wow. God says, I hate gossip. They who stir up, stir up division, stir up conflict. You know, like where we hear the whisper from the devil. 
did you see what happened there? What do you think about that? Or whatever, you know, you, I don't need to go through uh, some role play here. And, and so if we then take that and think, yeah, I don't know how I, what I think about that, I'm going to go and talk to someone else and, and find someone else until that someone agrees with what I believe. And all we've done, you know, judgment, right? Whenever we judge someone, whenever we criticize, whenever we gossip, we never remember this. You never define the other person, but you always define yourself. And so these are six things that the Lord hates, seven things that are detestable to Him. If I were the devil, I would want you to believe that Jesus Christ and His church existed only to bless you, to meet all your needs, to provide for you, to do everything for you, to bless you, even though the devil knows Jesus' words. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 25, and it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will find it. You know, sometimes you might see a need, something that perhaps we as a church are not doing, right? Could be a ministry. Who knows what it is, right? Well, instead of, I just think to myself, if the Lord is giving you eyes to see and ears to hear and the resource to perhaps bring that about, then maybe you're the one who ought to meet that need. It's just a thought. If I were the devil, I would make the truth sound like a lie and a lie like the truth. If I were the devil, if I couldn't make you bad, I would make you busy. If I were the devil, I'd teach you how to play my favorite game of all time, simply called blame. Blame is the devil's game. Did you hear about uh, the man who went to uh, the doctor? And uh, he said to the doctor, he said, doctor, you've, re- you've got to help me. I've been waiting to see. You've got to help me. He said, everything I touch in my body, it just hurts from head to toe. And the doctor said, he leaned forward and said, well, tell me more. And he said, well, when I touch my head, it hurts. When I touch my nose, it hurts. When I touch my shoulder, my arm, my, my leg, my knee, and when I, str- and I touch my toes, it all hurts. And the doctor said, come in a little bit closer and let me examine you. He goes, ah, oh, I know what the problem is. He goes, what is it, doctor? He said, you've got a broken finger. You've got a broken finger. And isn't this what life can be like? We're blaming everything else around us when the real issue is something that is broken in our own life. If I were the devil and you were a preacher, a teacher, a ministry team leader, a life group leader, or a Christian, I'd want you to talk about Jesus as a life enhancer. Talk about Him as what He can do for you, what He can do for you. You know, get the tattoo if you want. Praise God. There's no judgment here. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. Get the tattoo, get the piercings, whatever. Right. Use Jesus. Preach about Jesus as an accessory and not about an exchange for your life. Tell them what they want to hear instead of what they need to hear. And whatever you do, don't mention judgment. Don't mention judgment day or a hell to avoid since souls might begin to take spiritual matters seriously. If I were the devil, I would get you to magnify the temporary and minimize eternity. To magnify something uh, is to make something bigger than what it actually is. 
And I think it's really important to get a fresh vision, a, a fresh perspective, number one, of Jesus Christ on the cross. If you want to know, if you want to be reminded of just how much God loves you, then just Google or have a good look at Jesus, the picture of Jesus on the cross. Like Jesus died upon the cross. The Bible says his body was unrecognizable, right? Now I'm all about, you know, presenting Jesus, you know, as a loving Savior, but he's also a Lord. Okay, so some people, some Christians want Jesus as a Savior. Jesus, save me. Save me, Jesus. You know, but what about him being Lord? Listen, Jesus said not everyone who calls me Lord will enter the kingdom of God. Now, that's not a word. That's not a scripture for the non-Christian. That's a word for the church. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And so again, if I were the devil, I'd want you to magnify the temporary, but minimize eternity. If I were the devil, the prince of darkness, I'd want the whole world covered in darkness. And I would seek to darken the understanding of souls by darkening their minds, lest they see the light. But as I invite you to stand right now, if you could just stand, if you're able to, I've got good news for you. I've got great news because Jesus said in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, that the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. That's great news. That's why Jesus came. When Jesus came, he said, I am the light of the world. They who walk uh, in me and with me shall never walk in darkness. I just want to remind us as well that we can't separate our love for God, our love for Jesus, and our love for God's Word. They are one and the same. You also can't separate your love for God, your love for Jesus, and your love for people. They too are one in the same. Uh, most of you have heard this if you've been a part of this church uh, for a long time uh, or right now perhaps it'll be the first time that you've heard it in a long time but on the last day Jesus will say thank you for loving me thank you for serving me thank you for feeding me when I was hungry thank you for clothing me when I was naked thank you for giving me a drink when I was thirsty and the story goes Jesus told it they're all going to say when did we see you hungry thirsty clothe you and, and things like that and Jesus is going to say inasmuch as you did it for the least of these you did it unto me I really do believe there's a little bit of Jesus, you know, in every single person, whether they're clearly, if they're a Christian, there ought to be evidence. But, but even in non-believers, I see Jesus. I personally see Jesus and I'm looking for Jesus. You know, last night I, I had like, I've had, like you, I had a really big week this week, had a massive day yesterday and was basically... Uh, just, I'm just being transparent, but I landed at Cafe Barella's as it is customary. At, uh, uh, you know, I was seated in position at 7 a.m., the long black. I don't, have, don't even have to place an order these days. I just walk in, hello, everyone. You know, I go and take my seat. And, uh, you know, it's really funny. You know, these days, if I've slept in and I get there at 8, they're all like asking, where am I? And I got to come in and say, hey, sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I'm late. 
um, and it's a big joke and I love it. And so I sit down, they bring my coffee, and, uh, but I was at my desk like all day, just all kinds of things, phone calls, yada, 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 praying for people, things like that. And I just felt a little bit cooped up. And I said to Trina, I said, I'm, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> I'm just going to shake some things out, get on the treadmill, do some mountain climbers, do the battle ropes, things like that. And I just had a good time. But in the midst of it all, you know, I, I just thank God I had two great opportunities to share my faith. There's one particular young guy there. I'm not going to mention any names. It's even possible that it's possible that he might be watching right now. And if he is, that's cool. Uh, I hope that he is or watching the replay. But God had put this young man on my heart. And uh, I just know, I know when God is putting someone on my heart, he put, it, put him on my heart. And I'm just believing for that opportunity just to say hi and extend an invitation. So I had that last night. And uh, the thing that I'm trying to say is that there's, there's opportunities everywhere. And but we can't separate our love for God and our love for people. Can't separate our love for God and our love for God's Word. If you're someone who wants to grow in the faith, if you want to grow in the faith and become more like Jesus, the good news is you can. And someone here might be saying, oh, but you don't know what I've been up to. I've been sinning. I've been living loosely. I've been taking drugs. I've been drinking. I'm finding myself. I'm finding my mind. Uh, just revert back to some old patterns of thinking, lustful thoughts, pornography, and all kinds of things. So I don't think that what you're saying right now applies to me. And I would say, no, it does. It does apply to you because it doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is what you do from this moment on. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I submit to you the grace and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's good news. God is not interested in our history. He's interested in what we're going to do from this moment on and in our destiny. And the plans that God has for you, they're still alive. The dream He put in your heart, it's still there. And if today... If you want the light of the world, the light of Jesus Christ to be turned on again or in greater measure, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer after me. You know, when you go to the, uh, the supermarket, you can get some, you know, there are 10 watt globes, 20 watt, 100 watt globes. You can shine as brightly as you want to. And so if that's you, would you pray this prayer after me? If that's you, let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, I humble myself today and I thank you for your word. I thank you for the opportunity to come to you again this day. And so I ask that you would forgive me of all my sins. This day, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is my Lord, my Savior, my healer, and my soon-coming King. I ask that the light of Jesus Christ would fill my heart and mind and overcome the darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let me pray for you now. And so, Father, I just thank you for everyone here. I just thank you that you have a great plan for each one. I, I, I pray, dear God, that it would be realized. I pray that it would be seen.
it would be seen and it would be seized. I pray that each one would understand, dear God, that you have a purpose for their lives. And even though we've looked at a message today called, If I Were the Devil, Lord, we know that He has a plan for our lives, but that His plans are thwarted as we choose God's plan for our lives. And so, Father, I do pray that you would strengthen everyone's hands to hold on and to keep on keeping on. I do pray, Lord, that it would be a new beginning and that a whole new level of awakening uh, has, has begun and once again would be seen and seized in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give the Lord another hand of thanks. Wonderful. Well, we're going to uh, open up the cafe again in just a few moments. So we hope that you can stay uh, for a coffee. And just remember that all the proceeds go into our building fund. The building fund is going well. Um, but we, I, would, I would say to you, I would say to you, uh, if you could pray for us, uh, just when it comes to the next step, be it the purchase of land or a building that we renovate. I don't know. I really don't know what that next step is right now. But I do know that it will present itself. And if anyone, if anyone wants to give to missions, can I also say to you, uh, please don't go directly to Africa or India. Don't go directly to the pastors. They, they know this. Come to us if you want to talk about giving, if you like, a significant amount, and we'll discuss with you where those funds will go. Okay, so uh, I've got a board meeting uh, this afternoon with my team, and we're going to be talking about uh, missions amongst, uh, the you know, also the building and other things as well. So God bless you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us online, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.